0: I'm really addicted to that sound of of like summer vacation when like the last class is done, the sun is like just at its mm-hmm. best and it was time for me to like get in my car and like go see my dad in Chattanooga and like go mm-hmm. to camp, you know, um, and like live on the mountain for the next two or three months. And it was just like freedom. And I think that living in and living in the car and just like traveling around, just like it made me feel like, A middle schooler again just like going on (laughs) summer vacation and just being like oh my god like i can do whatever i want right now
1: welcome to the rome from home podcast broadcasting from boulder colorado this is the podcast where we have illuminating conversations with the most prominent experts and icons in adventure all from the rome universe hosted by myself chris gerard from rome and national geographic photographer storyteller athlete and rome founding member Corey richards thanks a lot for tuning in Enjoy the show. Today we have a very special guest coming to us from uh, the creative world of adventure and music, uh, Goth Babe, woo, otherwise Woo-hoo! known as Woo Riff <laughs> Washburn, and uh, he is enjoying himself. Originally from Tennessee. Griff currently lives in a tiny house. He's, he's coming to us from his tiny house. Looking good. With his pup, Sadie, in the mountains of Washington. And when he's not on the road touring, Griff and Sadie are off enjoying the outdoors in the Great Pacific Northwest. Snow, surf, and trails are plenty to occupy them in the off-season. And Griff has seemed to have picked up on the brighter parts of life. He parted ways with social status and relevance years ago. And he's discovered how wonderful living day by day is. Making music to Griff is less of a climb to the top as it is a form of free thinking and enjoyment. And his music is fucking awesome. So you should check it out if you don't already have it on your playlist. Uh, We are always bumping it in the office when... Uh, we lived in that time when we went to an office. Um, <laughs> now I'm bumping it in my home office. Um, but with that, uh, Mr. Griff Washburn, thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it.
1: How are yeah, you? Man, Long time coming.
0: I, I know. I
2: feel like worlds collide. Um, it, it, is, it is so interesting that you uh, have been so prevalent in, um, in my ears and in my life but I've never actually met you or even crossed paths. Um, But your story is like, I think, really interesting and timely and inspiring for people right now, largely because you've chosen to live pretty much in isolation for a while and not like complete isolation. But I want to get to that. But first, I just, will you like, I want you to introduce yourself. Like,
0: who the fuck are you? So people know. (laughs) My name's Griff. (laughs) (laughs) um i am from tennessee originally and i currently live in washington with my dog and my girlfriend kind of part-time um but i moved to new york uh i guess 2015 or 16 or maybe 17 i've lost track of years these days um but i just really disliked it and um just kind of like made way for the west coast and my dad actually runs an outdoors camp. So one of those camps you'd go to as a kid where you would like rock climb and go caving and kayak and all the like awesome stuff. And that's in Tennessee on Lookout Mountain. Um, huh. I'll, do, I'll do a shout out because he would love that. It's Camp Lookout, <laughs> check it out. Um, Can I go or am I too old? <laughs> <laughs> maybe if he dressed up the right way, maybe you could go. Or, um, but yeah, and I think that that's like, really rooted in me. And I think it took a long time, like post teenage years to come back to that part of my life, which just gave me so much joy. And I think it took like going to New York and being like, wow, this is not me at all to like, really appreciate going outside. And it just makes me feel like Griff, you know, not trying to be somebody else or trying to, I
1: don't know. Yeah. Griff, when you went to New York, was that was that an intentional decision to follow music and to get it, you know, be around music in one way or another, or was it simply just a, you know, a first step into a new environment?
0: I moved to New York because I, um, I had been painting a lot of the time and I, music was still kind of there, but it wasn't the main thing I was doing. So I was painting a lot. And I also had gotten like reached out to on Instagram by, uh, like a modeling agency and did like a model shoot for calvin klein nice and i was like getting all into this stuff and which again is not me it's totally okay if that's your thing that was just not me at all i did not know what i was doing they actually like they flew me to uh pittsburgh and then miami and they like didn't use me at all and it was like the whole underwear shoot it was like the full thing i didn't know what i was doing but uh thankfully they did not continue to cast me um, and well, I like used well, I that mean, money to get to New York at age like 19 or whatever. So that like propelled me there. Um but luckily I didn't keep doing it because I just that wasn't my thing and
2: So yeah. but you like you started I mean I think a lot of people are disappointed that you're not an underwear model, frankly. <laughs> but let's <laughs> we can come back to that. Um but you I mean you started like you're sort of in all the older interviews that I've read with mm-hmm. you. Um You're like a college kid making music out of your dorm room. That's where goth babe comes from. Yes. That's where goth babe comes from. Yeah. And so that was the the Genesis was the dorm room or did it start earlier than that?
0: I picked up a guitar when I was probably like 16 Uh, and I'm, I lived in Memphis and my lives are kind of split. So I also lived in Chattanooga too over the summers, but um, yeah, just like bedroom of Memphis, Tennessee and, at first it was like blues and acoustic like singer songwriter stuff and you know playing coffee house shows for like your mom and her two friends and that was like all that would show up and then it wasn't until like senior year of high school where i discovered like garage rock surf rock punk music and then it was just i think that's where i like got really i found the depths of creativity and like how far i could go with it and um I don't know it, it was also kind of like wow i can be like whoever i want you know i don't have to be like the griff that grew up in this sort of scenario in memphis i could be like punk griff you know and that's where like i moved to nashville to go to school and was like crowd surfing every weekend so that was like <laughs> a really exciting part of life and um i think that 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 was like my music scene and i think a lot of people grow up in a music scene and some don't and I think those who do are like extremely fortunate and there's not a great one here in Portland, but um, for Nashville, Nashville, I was like such a rad punk scene and I was like, yeah, pretty fortunate to live in that era.
2: And then, and then it, that sort of started to translate in some ways into your own music too, obviously. I mean, yeah. I mean, music is really an amalgamation of influences. So how did that, how did that, I mean, when was the radical shift where you started to move into this sound that, Mm obviously, I mean, it's changed even since then, but, but when did you, I mean, did you notice that shift?
0: Yeah, it's, it was a pretty, I mean, I think that there's like a good two years when you are like post high school, college, where you're just like, I want to do the complete opposite of what my parents have have done with me. And I think, (laughs) dude, I'm almost 40. I still feel that way. (laughs) And I, I think that's like, the goth, that's where goth came from. That's where like the punk scene came from. Um, and I, like, I love all that stuff. Uh, but like, just really sinking into it was just like, I'm, I've left home. I'm like, I'm a rebel and just like going and doing my own thing. Um, but the, the name like stuck and I've changed it, almost changed it multiple times. And I've, every time I almost do, I'm just like, I can't do it. I just can't. There's so much like of my life has been behind that name, so but definitely is like a weird
2: where what is the logistics what is the name i mean
0: uh it's a band called surf curse they're just Mm -hmm. like a surf rock garage band from la um super rad dudes but they have a song called goth babe and yeah i just texted a friend i was like what about goth babe he's like sounds good (laughs) (laughs) that's like how the name started and sometimes I'm like, damn it. And other times I'm like, whatever. Like it makes me not take things too seriously. And, you know, it's not a huge deal. <laughs> I
2: love that. That's I feel like the, the sort of the origin stories of band names is one of those. I, I wish there could just be like a podcast of just stories of like how you got your band name. And some of the podcasts would be like two minutes long. You're what like, are we doing yeah, this
0: weekend? We should just start that.
2: Just, <laughs> just start it. I like that
1: idea. <laughs> I'm down. Let's start another podcast. Chris, you in? I'm in. I'm in. I like it. I love word <laughs> stories. I love and stories in would general. Be so. too. Yeah, he would.
2: So then you, so you went to New York to, to wear underwear, and then um, and no, it and, was
1: it was he wore underwear to get to New York. Uh, underwear yeah, that funded the movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I've been underwearless since. Oh, yeah.
1: I think
2: everybody's psyched to know that. Um, I, so so you're in New York. You're doing a lot of painting. So this is um, – obviously, you're like an artistic – this is creativity and art have been your driving factors your whole life, or was that a new – did you always know you wanted to be an artist of some sort?
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe not an artist, but a, some sort of like an engineer creator. And I think like this house has been – awesome because I like as a kid would my, like people family friends would give me like a box of a like, cardboard box and tape and that was like my gift because I would make <laughs> so much stuff out of just those two things um but I mean I, it wasn't until like 16 when I picked up a guitar that I was like whoa this is this is freaking rad and mm-hmm. uh but I think when moving to New York I definitely like well I'll back up a little bit like going to college I went to college for one year because it was supposed to be like my safety net. It was like, uh, I'd really like to be a musician, but I'm probably not going to be a musician because of what everyone always tells you. And it's just like a hard world. It's a hard market to be in and you're competing with so many people. Um, So I went to a music school called Middle Middle Tennessee State University and was taking like recording, like engineering classes, Um, hence like me having trouble with my mic as we're getting into this. Podcast. <laughs> um, but I was doing that for a year and I I mean I like failed miserably. Like I think I had F's in like three or four classes because I was driving to Nashville every day, an hour away or 45 minutes, and like playing shows and meeting up with people and um like inserting myself in the music world there. Um so I, I music had kind of been like the top thing, yeah, but I think the whole painting thing and then just getting in like a weird self-discovery and like goth babe era was definitely like uh, painting is my new thing. And moving to New York, I, you know, you don't, when you're also 19, you have to just like work your ass Mm -hmm. off just to like afford your like $1,200 apartment, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I just was getting super drained and it sounds like I was there for like a year and I was there for like three months (laughs) and I was like, Oh my gosh, like I, I'm, I'm doing horrible right now. And uh, I actually got my mom to like ship all my music gear up with me because I couldn't afford to do it when I like flew there. Um, So she shipped me like my guitar and my keyboard and all this stuff. And that definitely was like, okay, I miss this a lot. And getting back into that. Once I started doing that, it was just like, okay, this life sucks. Whatever I've set up for myself right now, I really dislike this. Um, and music had kind of been inspiring me to maybe like try the whole music thing in LA, like a redo. Cause the music scene in New York is just pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think I was, I just like in my uh, like kitchen or something of this apartment. And it was like, I was getting ready for work and I, it just hit me. I was like, wait a minute. I can do whatever I want with this life that I have with, with whatever money I may have in my bank account. And I'm like fortunate enough to like, even have a few hundred dollars at this time, you know. Like a lot of people don't even have that at all, and so it was like with this money that I have. I mean, I I can, I can like move to California and just like live in my car from high school, and like a week later, I called my mom. I had like a visit to go fly down there and see her because she knew I was just like doing pretty rough, and I was like, "Mom, I'm not coming home. I'm not coming back to New York." I mean, um, it's it's like I can't do it here. So, I just like. Didn't take my return flight and just like got my high school car and just like drove to California after like two days with my folks. Hmm. And so was that was that the F two fifty?
2: Was that the the truck?
0: That was a Ford Explorer. A um, Ford Explorer. All right. Yeah, I could maybe like email you guys a photo and then like <laughs> insert now. <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, that was Ford Explorer, and I lived in that for like a year and a half, or maybe a little bit more than that. Um, wow. So. And so you
1: had this realization that you could that you could be anything that you wanted yeah and that in a way the ford explorer was like the freedom um it, it provided the freedom because you just said well i can just live in my car i think other people have had that realization yeah times, it's you know like it's like yeah you don't need much right um and you set off on that adventure sorry my you know.
2: <laughs> this is life from home yeah <laughs> Is it nope. nap time? It's nap time. It's nap time for CJ. He's out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's um, that, that's you. So you have this realization. You just kind of like, but f- what? What's the what's the defining point where you actually are able to take that leap? Versus so many people, myself included, have been in that position where you're like, I can do anything I want, but I'm still gonna do the same thing that I've been doing for so long. That's a huge difference between you and somebody else. What was how did you how did you harness that? Not just think it. So many people have that idea, but how did you harness it and move with it? Or do you you're remember? S-
0: you're saying like wanting to continue my lifestyle that I had while well, no I was in the car? Like like how so many people are like, I could just move into my
2: car. I could just right. be free. What you what know? made
1: it, what gave you the the impetus for the action? Actually, because like Corey's saying, we all everyone is Had that thinks thought. about what they could be. I could mm. be a pilot, you know. But then, yeah. what what took you over? What was the inspiration, if you will, that to take you into taking that action, which is that leap? Which is, you know, that's it's an important moment for for I think for our listeners too. Like, you can do it. What made you be able to do it?
0: Um, working, I was just working way too much. And I'd lost all my passions because I was working way too much. Um, yeah, and I think that like with, you have to have a job, you have to have a place to live. You have to have enough income to like support eating and living and maybe a little bit of extra to like enjoy yourself. A lot of those things you think about like moving is like a really big deal. It's like, oh my God, I got to pack all my stuff up. I've got to like go to this place. I have to find a job, and I think that like with living in my car, it was like, I don't want to work anymore because I don't have time to be creative anymore, and that's why I was so sick. It felt like mentally, it's because I just like overworked and just uh, pushed myself too far. So I think like a combo of both of those things, and and it was like if I move to California, I can maybe like. Walk dogs for wag, which is that 's what I did like twice a week um, and lived off like eight hundred bucks a month and I remember getting my tax return back from New York, which was like two thousand dollars and just being like i'm the richest man in the world, like, <laughs> and that lasted me like two and a half months or something and uh, and i had just been getting into surfing in in New York, and so like I was just taking the train to Rockaway and like trying to learn how to surf in like April or something, so it was still freezing um and it was like if I'm if I'm like taking my days my days off to like leave the city, maybe I shouldn't be like living in the city for like a, a little job that I had. You know, it wasn't like my dream job. It was just like something to get by.
1: Mm-hmm. So and surfing then, yeah. played a played a little bit of a role there, I mean, getting
0: me to California. Yeah, and
1: yeah, yeah. Stuff, yeah, yeah. that's
2: cool. This is hard. Yeah, and then it and then it sort of. Um... for the the way and then when when did you buy the f-250 were you like i just need an upgrade out of the explorer or what was like because because the sort of the origin story that exists of you is like this guy traveling the coast making rad amazing music out of an f-250
1: with 100 watts with a
2: with with (laughs) solar power right and it's amazing it's an amazing story it's an amazing vision so you're in la walking dogs and you're like the Explorer doesn't work
0: yeah, I just um I just needed more space, and also like living in especially living in Southern California, it's really, really hard to get connected with people mm-hmm. um, if you don't have a job or you're not going to school. so like I dealt with a lot of loneliness there, and mm-hmm. then, like I had a few surf friends who were just incredible, uh, and we were just I surfed every day, but surfing every day is only so awesome by yourself, you know. so it was like if i get a f-250 i can i kind of want more space maybe like find a partner maybe i really was like intrigued in santa cruz um i kind of missed trees like being from tennessee i was like i want to i need trees back in my life um so i i like saved up for the f-250 actually traded the guy i went i went to vegas to get the f-250 found on craigslist one night i was like listen man I've only got like this much money, but I've got an F-250 and you have like my dream truck, like color camper already. Let's, I want that truck. And, and he was like, is that, is that a surf rack on your Explorer there? And I was like, yeah, it is. And he was like, can I keep the surf rack? And I was like, yeah, you totally can, dude. And he was like, let me, let me check with my wife. You know, she likes to go to the beach. So, and he was like, yeah, my, my girl likes it. He kept saying to my girl, and, I, and so, he, so I was like, all right. And so I traded in my truck plus that some cash that I had. And yeah, I just like, I drove off super stoked. And then like 10 minutes into driving, the check engine light came on and I was just like, no, <laughs> like, what <laughs> have I done? And I think my Explorer was like 199,000 miles too. So I felt like I was like ditching a problem. Yeah. Um, the new truck had like 110 and a camper already on it. But I came back and like kind of got in the guy's face. Not, not intensely. I was just like, you better tell me, is there something wrong with this truck? And he was like, no, it's just an idiot. It's an idiot light is what he kept calling it. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but yeah. So anyways, I took the, the, the truck back to like my mechanic in LA and got it fixed up. And then that camper wasn't enough for me. So it was just old and kind of, I found some mold spots on it. So I like, Gave that thing away and then got another one for like 500 bucks in LA. And that's the one that has have seen. Uh, it's the brown one. I mean, so. it's,
2: it's pretty amazing. I still, I just, I, I've been through some of my own shit in life where you have to make these big decisions, but it still is just really amazing to me that you had the courage to say life sucks even though this is what I think a lot of people tell us we're supposed to do chasing these things. It doesn't work for me, so I'm not going to do it. Um, I I really just admire that. And I think a lot of our listeners can resonate with that a lot of this audience. Um, But I, I, I don't know, you know, it's like, you don't want to make those promises that you too can go live in a truck and become, you know, a famous musician. I caution against, or like in my case, you can become a famous, you know, photographer by living in, you know, like casting off the normal life. What do you think that line is? I mean, how do you, what's the caveat? Do you, do you understand the question? Like,
0: Yeah, yeah. Because it is it is tough sometimes like promoting something that's so uncertain. And right. It could be horrible, you know, like you could give up some really awesome things for, a lifestyle that you don't even know what's gonna happen in a week, you know? Right. Um, or if your car breaks down, you have like zero net and then you know, nothing to protect you and you're just like stuck on the side of the road and that's your home and your mode of transportation. Um I'd say like only only do it if you have some savings, you know, and like once you have the savings, if you start running out the savings and maybe find an interesting little side job. But I mean like you can get by with walking dogs and uh, you just like have have to to be motivated.
1: You, you got to have a plan. To, you still have to have a plan. I think it's, yes. you know, you have to have a car, you have to have a plan. But yeah. uh, I think that, I mean, you were 19 mm-hmm. when you did that. I mean, I would say everyone who's 19 should do that. That's, that <laughs> like, I mean, because yeah, like you don't have really anything to lose if it doesn't work out then it doesn't work out. And there's probably plenty of stories where it doesn't work out like it has for you or for Corey, you know, where you become a national geographic photographer or you're selling out shows across the country. But that journey to do that, to, to take that leap and to go surfing and to find, you know, in a way when you're 19 yourself, I I think that is universal. Like I think everyone who's 19 should go live in their car for a little while. (laughs) yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) It <laughs> was kind of the, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And that's just taking a shot. But I I, I guess the caveat that I, you know, my caveat for people has always been, and, I, and I'd i be curious to hear your thoughts about this. Like, you can do this and you can live this lifestyle. But you have to remember that in order to be successful or to be, a, you know, a, a musician at uh, the caliber that you're at, um, you're going to have to work harder than everybody else. Uh, it's not that you didn't want to work it's that you wanted to work on your own terms i think people think oh i just i'm just gonna fuck off and and success will happen but y- you know that's sort of the fallacy if you can do whatever you want yeah you can do whatever you want so long as you work harder than everybody else around you at at
0: achieving your dreams you know yeah. I can't. your dreams capital your ideas. yeah um yeah yeah i think that to what Chris said too, it's like, I learned so much about myself in those three years living in a vehicle from like explore days to the to getting the tiny house, um, like putting this house together and like, like putting plumbing in and plumbing everything from, that took me a while to do that. And finally turning the faucet on and just being like, I have running water. Are you kidding me? Like, that you know how sucks. insane that amenity is or like my mini fridge over here is just like, <laughs> it blows my mind. Like (laughs) I can have like two dozen eggs for two different weeks. Like that's freaking insane. Um, The lesson in gratitude, right? Exactly. Yeah. You just really are grateful for what You have. Um, And then what, what did you say as well? You just said something that was, I wanted to add something to just about um,
2: having to work hard for like, it's not, it's not as if at least the sentiment was you don't, it wasn't that you didn't want to work. It's that you wanted to, to work on what you wanted to work on versus chasing somebody else's dream
0: exactly yeah and that was the other thing too is it's it's like i think me living in my car and me like making music because when i first moved into my car i just completely ditched instagram i ditched all social media i changed my i think i changed my facebook name to like chris jones or something because i just like didn't even want like to, like myself to be but i didn't want to delete it because it like runs spotify and spotify pays me so i was like i'll just change my name right right um but i mean every decision that I've, i i made to get where i have gotten with this like being propelled with music has been like i'm unhappy with the whole new york decision i'm unhappy with this like weird calvin klein world i'm unhappy with all the things I think other people want me to do. And I'm just going to live in my car, get rid of my phone basically. And that's when you just start to like really find who you are when you just like cut off your influences in a way. Um, and maybe I was influenced by like the ocean a ton in that time. Cause I'd never seen the ocean like that. You know, I grew up in like the middle of the country. Um, and I, I did like not having Instagram and, and just like uploading a song and then just like putting my computer away. And then going and surfing for two more months, I would come back and check in and things would be like rising. It was like, I'm not doing anything. Like all I'm doing is just putting music out. And I would put like a picture on Instagram every like three months of me like with a surfboard that was just like checking in, doing all right, I'm gonna delete this app right after this. And I think people like really liked that because they were like, whoa, like this music's super different, and this guy doesn't seem like he really gives a shit about like this world that we're all in. And um and that's when I like felt like I was happiest and things started like looking up and it was like, Oh, so people like when I'm me. Um, that's,
2: that's so interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I just like, I, I love what
2: you're saying because I, I so often myself included, we get like trapped in this
0: rat wheel of chasing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a blue vibe. Yeah. It's like, let's that, that idea, idea of cutting
1: doing? off your influences. I mean, Corey, you and I were talking about that earlier. Like that we're all so influenced you know, you, you mentioned a couple of things you weren't looking at Instagram yeah, (laughs) and that you were cutting off your influences and, and able to, to really dive into spending time with yourself and the things that you could, your consumption of things uh, are those things that seem to really make you happy. Right. And I think there's a lot of folks who you're inundated with so many inputs that you can lose track of that pretty easily pretty fast as to what it, what is it actually that I want? Which is again, mm-hmm. why everyone should move into their car for a little <laughs> while and get familiar with what it is they really like. Well,
2: it's a hard question to answer. I mean, I, I guess one of the other, one of the things that I've noticed about your music is it's, it's, it's mood driven. Um, oftentimes I f- feel like it, in in certain genres of music sometimes it can be very lyrically driven in your case i feel like it's it's driven by a sense of um freedom like it, almost as if the 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 music is made in the very action of move, movement and the lifestyle that you're experiencing and maybe i'm conflating that because i i know a lot about you but is that do, do you feel like the lifestyle that you have is something that is that you can actually hear in your music? And is that something you try to create?
0: Yes, yeah. Um, I, I mean I I think for me it's like I'm I'm really addicted to that sound of, of like summer vacation when like the last class is done, the sun is like just at its best and it was time for me to like get my car and like go see my dad in Chattanooga and like go Mm -hmm. to camp you know um and like live on the mountain for the next two or three months and it was just like freedom and I think that living in and living in the car and just like traveling around just like it made me feel like a middle schooler again just like going on (laughs) summer vacation and just being like oh my god like I can do whatever I want right now um and, I mean, I wouldn't say that, like, each song is, like, to a different mood of, of like, location. Like, you know, each GP is no. like, based on a new, like, location. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I always am trying to chase, like, the happier sounds. And I'll come up with a sad song, and I if I write two songs in one day, I'll pick the happier one over it because I just... Music for me is like—I mean, once I write a song and I enjoy it, I just like dance to and and with headphones and to my by myself because it's like—I don't know—it feels so good. And sometimes sad songs can be great too, but uh, most of the time, like with the current lifestyle I have, it's so nice to just like write happy music and then—I don't know—share that with other people.
2: It's got to be hard to write a sad song when you're happy, (laughs) you know? Yeah.
1: (laughs) What's your process with that, Griff? Like. you know as far as you, it sounds like you spent a good amount of time like by yourself um you know what is your process of writing and then and and laying it down and then dancing around i mean that it sounds like you you have a bit of an approach
0: yeah um i wish i could show you guys my new studio i just like got a new iMac i've never had an iMac i've never had a computer this big and it's amazing um and like studio speakers i think now i'm at like a level that matches where i'm at as a musician <laughs> like all this time i've been like on the laptop sitting down on a couch with like just ear ear earbuds in um but the process can you walk us
1: through that though like take us to like to to because that's so amazing like like where now you're you you actually are at a point where you've got the equipment to match your but before you didn't so what did you have yeah. you had oh man gar and you know like yeah, how live- did you make those, those those tracks that we all know? Like how did you you put those together?
0: Um, when I lived in the Explorer, which I couldn't sit upright in, I just had to lay down. I was renting a little shoebox room in Santa Monica that was like I could touch both of the walls. Um, it was like just right next to the garage with one door and one little window, and I would go in and I had like my laptop there, which was from like high school, like little HP, and then. A little keyboard and then my guitar and that was it. And also, like there's people living above me, and I always was like battling with sound. I had to be like really quiet. Um, but that's what I did in those days. When when I finally got the truck, that was a huge reason I like got the, the pickup trucks because I like didn't want to rent a hundred dollar garage anymore. Um, and so I just like would have my laptop in my lap and I have my little interface and my keyboard and then some headphones um and i didn't have any cell service so i'd like i'd have to go to a coffee shop before to like go online to like download a bunch of different synth sounds so like whenever you make a synth like i could basically take um one note like crazy you could make a noise it's like uh and i could make that into an entire keyboard it sounds crazy but it's really not that crazy um but you'd go in online and the i would sort of download all these crazy noises and then i would then when I was off in the woods and didn't have service wherever I was camping, I would work on them and tweak them and, and construct scents and sounds out of them. Um, and yeah, and, and then I would just sort of like play around for probably like 30 minutes and have a song in two hours and then come back to it the next day if I liked it. I'd play it a bazillion times and if I only played it like a hundred times, I didn't like it.
1: <laughs> so huh. Some real creative like guardrails early. For you, like, you you know, people get so caught up with Corey, same thing. We've talked about this, like with photography or like what camera did you use? Mm. You know, like what kind of guitar, like where that doesn't really, I mean, you've proven that that doesn't really matter. You have these creative guardrails that you don't even have a cell signal. You're grabbing a certain little recipe of, of sounds and then making your own remix and, and your own original piece out of a very constricted sounds like sort of you know yeah number of ingredients
0: yeah yeah and I think that it doesn't hinder the type of song that you make or how creative you are but it does hinder at times like the masters of of each song or what the mix sounds like um yeah I mean Corey like for example like if you went and shot a photo on your same camera but then you had to edit it like on your phone would it look as good as editing it on like an iMac you know? right yeah so no. with with getting this new studio and these like real speakers it's been like holy shit i like play an old song and I'm like oh my god I did not hear that and now just like everything sounds more crisp and um, so it, it's helping like the production but the creativity I'd say it's, it's been the same
2: I think there's such a lesson here for, at least for me, Um, when I, when I hear you talk about, okay, you know, I needed, (laughs) I moved into my, my, um, my Explorer, and then I needed more space. And most people think, okay, so you got an apartment apartment you're like no I got an f-250 because that had more space (laughs) and then you're like and then I felt like I needed a little bit more and it's like so I I built a tiny house you know and 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 and, and it's just such a lesson for me to to really take it into consideration What, what do I really need you know because all of a sudden you're explaining you know making this level of music which is highly moving highly emotive um it's just fun to listen to and you're like yeah but now now that i'm in a tiny house with like two speakers and a and a better better computer and i think people have this vision of what they what they need to do this stuff and they don't need that much and you're such a beautiful yeah. example of that That's not Thank a question
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i completely agree i really do and there's there's things here where it's like i've gotten a tiny house so my stuff has expanded a little bit um, and I probably can't see it, but, uh, I like, I have a 12 by eight trailer because I have so much gear, like climbing gear, a couple surfboards, wetsuits. And, and then I built a tiny house. So I have like three dozen tools now, you know, like power tools yeah. and things. So, um, it's not just a tiny house. I have to have something else. And so what I'm, what I'm trying to say is like, when you do start expanding your spaces, you, you also just get more shit you know you just have more stuff unfortunately and at times i do miss like man living in that freaking explorer and having like three t-shirts and two pairs of pants and like
2: i love that that's your nostalgia god i miss the days of the explorer <laughs> you know like, <laughs> I think
1: um you probably always will i mean that's what i like everyone that i know that has you know jimmy has a famous story of living in a subaru and everyone that I know that it lived in a car. I lived in a car for a while too. Has the same, has the same feeling like, man, if I could just get back to that, that yeah. would be great. <laughs> From time I don't know, to man. You think,
2: you think Jimmy Chin's like, if I could only get back to the Subaru, I he don't know. Has said,
1: he has said <laughs> many times that that is, you know, it, I think exactly what Griff just said that the simplicity of it, right. I mean, not to get petty, yeah. but it's like, you know, what is that? Thoreau quote. It's like that man is the richest whose pleasures are the cheapest. Like
2: mm-hmm. it, it have you have you heard that story? Uh Tim Ferris wrote about it and, and um uh, John Windsor also wrote about it actually before Tim Ferriss, a long time before in his book. Um but it it's basically the story of like a Mexican fisherman who, you know, goes out to sea and comes home and has a siesta, eats lunch and has a great life and and then this guy comes in and says hey we can just scale this you know and he's like cool and he goes through the whole scaling process and he's like so eventually you know you can just well you'll have you know all this stuff but you can just go fishing in the morning come back have a csd lunch he's like so what what the what's the difference why would i do all that other shit yeah it's um it's i mean it's allegorical to your life i so i i sorry i get off topic but okay so you're you've you've created this this uh sort of musical movement in your own uh, you know out of your car out of your dorm room out of your car and now and then you start touring how did that
0: happen um i think uh let's see when i got the explorer all right when i got the f-250 um i like moved to santa cruz to pursue those dreams, and i was like uh, I'm not a huge fan of this. I'm gonna mm-hmm. keep moving. I just like, what's the point of like doing this whole build and getting this truck and just to go like pop yourself in a new town? Plus, like they're very anti-car camping there, so I had to drive, like <laughs> an hour outside the city every night to like find a place to sleep. Um, so I was just on Craigslist and then went and picked up Sadie, and she was a an ad for a free dog. She was just like on a chain, and I went to Baker's Field. No, it was Fresno, and got her. And then I was like we're just gonna like do the whole car thing. And I'm gonna like go to Portland. I have one friend in Portland. Um, and the first day with this dog, we're gonna go to the Yosemite for the first time. So like we did that, which was incredible. Um, and then once we got to Portland, I like really enjoyed it. And I had my first show actually in California, like a month after going to Portland. But when I got to Portland, I was like, this is really rad. Like these are, I, I have more friends here in one month than I have in one year in California against california but i just it's easier to meet young people up here i think um so i went down to play. how old are you
2: 23 23 okay Mm -hmm. jesus dude (laughs)
0: crushing (laughs) i'm trying to stay on topic i feel like i've already kind of veered a little bit but i went back down to play the show which was like a huge success we played constellation room the observatory um Mm -hmm. with some good friends of ours that was great and i just kind of got the bug again i was like this is awesome and like the shows are bigger than i've ever played before and it's all just been like churning while i'm just like going and enjoying my life with my dog it's just been like building and by the time you play a show you're like you're just like whole like how did it get here you know um so playing that show i just sort of booked more like diy shows i think the next thing i did was like by myself booked a little tour or just like one show in new york and then i got two of my friends i was like you guys want to like you know, play drums for me, Johnny. And Johnny was like, "Yeah." And Hunter, the guy that actually the one I called about they in college, he like lived in L. A. at the time, and I was like, "You want to go to New York with me, man?" And so Johnny in L. A. Johnny Johnny and Hunter both live in L. A. and I live up here in the P. N. W. and we just fly around and meet each other. But it was that first New York show that we were like, "Let's like keep doing this." And so I would just do these DIY shows and. I'd park my truck at a friend's house and eventually that didn't really work. So I like started renting like a driveway in Portland from someone um, for like 80 bucks a month or something and would park my truck at their driveway. And um, that gave me a place to to keep it. And he, the guy Reed at the time, buddy of mine, like watched it while I was gone. And so it's just kind of like escalated from there. Then you like get an awesome manager and get an awesome team. And you're like, all right, like this is the real deal. Like I can't delete Instagram again. Like this is, this has <laughs> got to be it. And uh, yeah, there's definitely times where I like want, now that I'm talking about it, like man, it's so nice. If It would be nice if I could delete it for like one month and maybe like I, you could warn your team and be like, Hey, I'm, I'm like deucing out for a month. I'll see you guys next month. And I'd I did recharge. that recently, dude. Yeah. Really? I, I, I deleted
2: it off my phone. I took the, I took the app off my phone and um just because I feel the same way. I'm like, this is garbage. It's, it's polluting my life. It's infecting Mm. me, not affecting me. So I, Mm. and you know, and just have somebody step in to manage it or let it be dormant for a month. Who cares? I mean, Yeah. yeah, I think that's, I think you're a really good example for a lot of people who chase those likes and those metrics to say, you know, if you're, but if you're going out and you're creating good work, um, all that shit falls into place. Yes, you can make that your machine, but the reality is is the reason you are having success is not because you're, you know, constantly on Instagram or your team's on Instagram. The reason you're having success is because you make good music and you're authentic about it. That's.
1: You actually have a craft. Yeah. You have something that you're putting out in the world. That's a craft, not just influencing the algorithm. (laughs)
0: Yeah. You guys didn't see that picture of me in a bikini. I loved it. Dude. No. <laughs> I got like so many likes.
2: I thought I thought you were a little aggressive on the crotch, but you know, whatever, <laughs> dude. It's uh, no. Um, so you've I mean you've spent a lot of time living in relative isolation. Um chosen, and all of a sudden we are in this moment of everybody It needs like to slow down and they're sort of isolated. And so I'm curious, like, what do you have a routine in your day-to-day life that keeps you on track? Like, what are your Dude, what's the recipe for actually living fulfilled when you can't go out and be social?
0: Mm. Um, Having a girlfriend really helps. (laughs) Okay. Or partner. Put that on top of every partner, on top of everybody's list. Yeah. Um, If you can't get a partner... I'm not even going to go there. Give um, up. No. <laughs> <laughs> um I mean, working on the house has been keeping me really busy. Um, I mean, like, I finished the studio yesterday and then finished, like, I don't know if you could finish the bed. I put a bunch of driftwood up there so you wouldn't, like, fall to your death.
2: Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. So that was really Custom fun. Reels.
0: Yeah. We had to, like, go to the beach to go get that stuff, and that was. We didn't. We weren't social with anybody, so we just like drove to Seaside, and all the beaches were closed, which is very bizarre. The beaches are closed. I don't know if you guys have thought about that. Anyways, especially Oregon beaches because they're like super desolate. You might be like a mile from someone. Yeah. Anyways, um, tough. But yeah, just like working on the house, writing music. Um, Yesterday, I built two mountain bike jumps just for fun. Like had all this like scrap wood from the tiny house. I I built like a kicker for my mountain bike and then i built one for my girlfriend that was a little bit smaller because she's like just getting into mountain biking and i painted kate's ramp on it with a little heart so that's been <laughs> nice. that's been nice um yeah just like woodworking and uh writing music for the moment is it i mean do you do you have
2: like a um one of the things that keeps coming up in these podcasts is uh like a mindfulness practice, people talk about meditation or mindfulness. Is that something that you've gotten into yet? Or is that sort of like, do you have any of that in your life?
0: Um, my girlfriend and I have been doing meditate, like even like 10 minute meditations in the morning have just been changing our entire day. Um, we have like the time and everything's just slowed down. So it just seems like it's more appropriate, which shouldn't be the case. I feel like we should be doing that in like the most intensive times. Um, but yeah, we've, we have been talking about doing yoga, but lately we've been taking pick, parks and rack over yoga. So we need to, uh, <laughs> we, need, we should do that this week. But um, yeah, the meditation's been really, it's been really nice. Just mm-hmm. being able to like focus on your breathing and shutting your eyes. And you is know. that, do, do you feel like it helps you creatively?
2: Um, when you're meditating, like, do you notice a difference between when you are and when you aren't?
0: I wouldn't say I've done it enough to tell. Um, unfortunately that's like a new thing for me meditating. And it's something that I've noticed that I most definitely need. And when I was doing yoga more in Portland, like through classes, I I mean, you're kind of like half meditating as well. And I noticed a big difference then just, um, like when I put the phone away and I meditate more and like that combo, like my anxiety level is very noticeably It's so much lower. And, um, I think like my relationship, my relationships with people are better and I don't like rush through my projects too quick. And it's, it's insane how like 10 minutes of meditating in the morning can really affect like the way that this like shelf that I built came out, you know, it's just like stuff like that. And I think the phone like really kind of like butts heads with the meditating because it's like, it doesn't really do as much if i'm just on my phone like five minutes after i meditate or if i'm on my phone while like i'm in bed so i'm trying to like make rules for myself during this time of like don't bring the phone in bed with you maybe stop texting or being on instagram like an hour or two before you go to sleep and, um, <laughs> all of
1: the recommended things for a, yeah those are stupid yeah. nobody needs yeah, to listen yeah. to those. no but we've that's been a guess cory said a common theme i think uh you know, disconnecting a little bit and not playing emotional Russian roulette Mm. by just consuming media, um, and finding a a little bit of time to breathe or have a movement practice or uh, something like that. Um, just a little bit of time seems to be a, a, definitely a common theme and also around sleep, like Kelly and Juliet were saying yesterday, um, that they have a, they have not necessarily rules, but you know, they're building habits around their sleep where, you know, they keep things dark and they don't have the phones in the room. I thought that was an interesting one. Like no phone in the, in the space that they sleep with. I mean, do you, do you do that, Corey? Like where's your phone?
2: Well, (laughs) it's connected to me. I wear it as a harness. No, I, I, um, Honestly, my, I charge my phone next to my bed, but caveat to that is I put it on, do not disturb and mm. silent so that um, it's, it's literally only charging there. And, and my process, as we've talked about a little bit in the past, is I wake up and I, I do grab my phone immediately, but it's only to turn on my meditation timer mm. um, and, then
0: I, and then I meditate. Um, do you ever fall asleep like right when you wake up since you're meditating?
2: So this is that's a good question. Um I the answer is if I fall asleep while I'm meditating, that's fine. That's just what needed to happen. You know, that's part of the process. Uh but now I've sort of gotten to a point where I understand it's specifically in my morning meditation if I'm awake enough to do it. Right. And and what what I mean by that is, okay, now I'm awake. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna go back to sleep. Um, I'm more likely to fall asleep in a meditation, say like after we get off the phone or after we get off this podcast, I'm going to do one this afternoon. And because it's that natural lull in the day where you've sort of been up for a while and you've been going, I'm more likely to kind of like doze off in this one. But if I, I know this is a long winded answer. If I'm aware of that, that can actually deepen the meditation Right. So rather than just allowing myself to fall asleep, I am like, okay, I'm in that state where I'm, you know, in transcendental meditation, that would be called transcendence where you're like going into that sort of mid-level consciousness. Um, but yeah. That I mean, sounds it's, advanced.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to leave this, this
0: zoom right now. I'll see you guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Peace.
1: <laughs> uh, I have a, to, to, um, depart from that for a second um i was just looking at you know we were talking about shows and touring griff um it looks like you have shows that are <clears throat> excuse me uh you know in the summer um did you have to cancel shows and and appearances or anything like that or was it was that the planning i mean you're going to be in salt lake and you know uh July and then Denver I mean, in July, and I've lost you know. track. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So how is it, how, you know, with your shows, um, one people are probably, you can go on to, to goth Bay music and check out the the shows in terms of the touring schedule. Um, hopefully we'll be there by late June. It looks like, but has that, you know, you were saying that you guys just sort of go has this whole, the Corona, um, pandemic, has it affected that that part of your um business
0: um it has in a sense but i'm i'm extremely fortunate that i I'm, i'd say like 90 percent of my income comes from streaming and people are still streaming so like i'm very lucky in that sense um but it still is like so life-giving going on tour and it's, it's great seeing like johnny and hunter again and um we all have such a great time so it's been like a huge bummer and we this was going to be like such an awesome tour and my folks were supposed to like fly to denver to see me play for the first time ever um where, and
1: where were you going to play what venue here
0: bluebird theater i think
1: okay yeah I mean, it still is up there in july i don't know if it if you, you know, know, i'm yeah. coming who knows my yeah. <laughs> i'll
0: you on guest list man yeah. And I think my, my parents, I mean, my dad runs the camp, so that's like full fledged summer. So he can't really come for that. But now he's even talking like, you know, summer camp. Well, it happened for camps this year. Right. And, Cause kids are like putting off school and they're being postponed. Some people, some schools aren't doing like, you know, video teachings and stuff like that. So,
1: yeah. Well put it on your calendar. Something to look forward to July 8th in Salt Lake at the Greek station and then july 11th here in denver down the street bluebird theater so for anyone listening hopefully we'll be there it is right. april 7th today april 7th yeah. 2020 so we're still a ways off from that but we'll hopefully be back to things it
0: things will be back to normal then hopefully. i mean is it do you find like your
2: your mood has been impacted by this um or, or is, or is your lifestyle such that the uncertainty that you're generally, you know, sort of adept to it makes it so this doesn't feel as, as prescient or as scary?
0: I think my girlfriend works at a hospital, so that's,
2: that God bless her. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it's it's the same up here and my folks also live out in the country. So we both are just kind of saying stuff like, I mean, it's nothing has changed up here. Like the sun's still going to shine just as beautiful as it will. And the birds are still going to do their thing. And your, your the lifestyle is is the exact same, but the minute you go down into like the little country town that I live outside of, it's just like, it's weird. It's super bizarre. So I think that I still deal with like stress. And anxiety when I like go into town or like I have to go pick up groceries or whatever. Um, it's very weird and just like it's so I've never seen anything like this in my existence. So it just makes me feel very like
1: none of us have. I mean, that's a you know, not even when our parents haven't. Like I mean, this is a it's absolutely you know unprecedented. It's you think wild. about
0: how like our lives have been in such a flow because everything. F- always flows and we've never stepped outside that flow in our whole existence so it's it's really weird yeah you're right but um i i guess it's just it's weird too because it's like it's living up here is nothing's changed yet my girlfriend still goes to the hospital every week and then she'll come back and it's like are we really quarantining we should be treating this like we already have the virus, you know, and I also like, I'm on two older people's properties. So like, you know, not exchanging eggs cause they've got a bunch of chickens and, and just like keeping our distance. And yeah.
2: Mm. I, I had a conversation with a fr- friend of mine, um, Jeremiah Freights, who's one of the founding members of the Lumineers the other day. And we were, we did a live together and um, he made a good sort of insight into as to like, you know, a lot of amazing music comes out of hard, hard times, hard, um, hard experiences and pain. Do you, do you see any of this, the experience right now bleeding into your music and how it's being made? Or do you, do you feel moved to make music about it? Or is it that you are, that you've lived this way for so long that it doesn't feel that different?
0: I think it's the second one. I think it just doesn't feel that different for me. Yeah. If I was like a Rage Against the Machine, I'd be like on fire. Right? <laughs> <laughs> on fire. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> that's that's fun. rage. I love. I got rage. a question,
1: Griff. About going back to the, if I'm stuck on this, just tell me to screw off. But you know, back to the living in the car when you're 19. Um, you know that were you afraid? I mean, were you afraid of that unknown at that, at that time? Like, I mean, how did you address that? If, it, I mean, mm-hmm. if you were at all, or were you just so certain that you didn't even have fear?
0: Um, I think if you could probably ask like 19 year old me, like, are you afraid? I'd be like, no, not at all. But yeah, I was definitely had a lot of fear in me and I was just like too stubborn to talk about it. But yeah. I mean, it's scary like driving across the country and not knowing a soul when you like arrive in Los Angeles and being like, I'm going to do music, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, There's a lot of uncertainty,
1: right? Yeah. You're you know, you're driving into the new world, like whatever the yeah. new world is for you and it's uncertainty. So I think that, you know, that's yeah. what, I'm, you know, how did you, how did you navigate that? Like 19 year old self was like, eh, but you process it.
0: I read a book that was actually called Art of Uncertainty. It's funny that you keep using that word. Uh, Hmm. And I was reading that like on the subway on the way to work. And when I was in New York, yeah, check it out. It's, I I think I just like picked it up, like in a Barnes and Noble. I don't know if it's like some like winning book or anything, but it's, it's, it was a really moving book for me at the time. And it kind of just pointed out things that I knew about myself that I needed to change and, um, it just had a few pages that were just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. This is like, this is what I need to do. I need to like go off and I need to go try and like,
1: yeah. Do you think there's, there's, I mean, with the, with the uncertainty that we're living with right now, is there things that, you know, from that book or from your experience that you could, you could apply to, to what we're going through. Mm,
0: That's a loaded question. I don't know. I'd have to crack the book back open, probably, (laughs) um,
1: what's the the arts of uncertainty, how to live in the mystery of life mm -hmm. and love it by Dennis Merritt Jones.
0: Dennis. Mm. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think I have an answer for that. I don't think I'm good enough with words to tell you like a good answer to what's going on right now, a way to look positively into the future, but, um, Everything always works out. I know everything will be fine, but it's, it's really, I mean, like, it's easier for us to say that though. Right. You know, we're not like working in the hospital every day We're also not like at risk. And so I don't know. And, and I think that it's, it won't be until like, God forbid, you know, someone that I know that knows someone or maybe someone in my family like passes from this, but um, it still feels like pretty distant. It's just bizarre, but um, hopefully it won't feel distant. to any of or yeah to any of us here but or close is the right word. But. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean yeah. is there i guess for me listening to your story listening to you talk um, there's a not so subtle theme of simplicity that i think can be applied to a lot of people's lives right now they feel like they've lost something because they don't have all the clutter that they had before yeah definitely uh, when i listen to you i'm saying well actually all that all that is is clutter and 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 there's a real beauty and simplicity and maybe some clarity as well and maybe for some some creativity um certainly for for me that's what i that's what i hear from you it's like well without all the shit that's when you can actually make
0: yeah yeah definitely yeah, it's and when all this stuff started, it was like, I mean, relationships with friends or my partner, things of to work themselves out, like things that we really probably should have talked about a long time ago are finally getting talked about, and, um, I, you know, I did that thing that I needed to do, and I think it'd be insanely awesome, this would never happen, but if the whole world had to stop for, I don't know, even two weeks would be massive, you know, like it was mandatory, and but I don't know then all the like politics obviously comes in it's like oh those people get paid and that's been like a really hot topic and and tough for a lot of people too right now but if there was a way to like the purge or something like that but it was like in a positive way it was like everyone stop what you're doing go relax be with your loved ones and just like take a few deep breaths I think Mm -hmm. I don't know pretty rad
2: well, I mean, I think the, ad, the, the, the thing that's added here, that's exactly what's happening in a lot of the world. The, the tough part about it is that there's this thing that can potentially kill you out there, and, mm. um, and that adds fear to it. So, you know, it, it, it clouds the vision of, of the gift that it can be, but at it's the same it. time, like you said, it's, you don't want to talk about this as a gift and undermine the experience of people that have lost loved ones or mm-hmm. are going through something really tragic But you raise a really good point that there is um, there's real beauty in this if we allow it
0: Yeah, yeah, and you're right. It is pretty tough to talk about like this is great right now because it's not but um, Yeah For some of us it is I guess and I don't think it's too mm-hmm. horrible to bring that up.
1: No, I think it's honest I think it's honest yeah. for sure What are you reading? Uh, in watching it, you know, Park, you mentioned Parks and rack and you've got, uh, we've got the Art of Uncertainty, it's a, what else uh, can you share?
0: Just pop. I just, just <laughs> cracked this book open, uh, it's called Wilderness Living, oh. it's right here, but it's, it's pretty much like one of those books that your grandfather would have that you crack open, and it's like, how to cook meat in mud, or like, like, look at this guy look at this look at this guy here <laughs> how to start we're, a fire we're
1: looking at uh someone starting a fire with a bow <laughs>
0: <laughs> like how to weave a basket and i mean i don't know it's it's pretty rad and it's pretty like ironic too because all these people that are like um when the shit hits the fan people they like have all this backup food and and like you know a closet full of guns and all this stuff i think that if I had all that stuff, this is probably be like the first thing I'd put in my bag, my bug out bag.
1: <laughs> if you were a prepper,
0: how to, how to make a, yeah, prepper's the right word. How to how to make a log cabin because that's exactly what I would be doing. Like how you, you already did it, man, which yeah, is really cool. For those um, who are
1: listening, we're we're talking to Griffin. He's in this amazing little tiny house with his bunk up high and his little potbelly stove in the background. It's a looks awesome. See, looks like a good.
0: Sadie's on the ground somewhere. Hi,
1: shy. Camera shy. Come
2: here. Yeah, we got to meet Sadie. Um, oh, there yeah, she there's Sadie. She's
0: been <sighs> snoozing. She's gonna stretch it out. Let me put her on the couch real quick. Come
2: here. Oh, there she is.
1: Yeah. Is she, is
2: she? Uh, she she looks like a collie. What? what a collie mutt. What kind of Sh- dog is?
0: she? She's a, I was told she's a full blood Australian shepherd, but she, Oh, okay. I mean, she's, she was free and she was like a a chain dog at an RV park. So I, I don't know, but now I can see her.
2: There she is. Oh, wow. She's beautiful, man. Yeah. That's (laughs) not going to make sense to anybody listening, but there's a really beautiful dog on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) How about music,
1: Griff? I mean, you make some amazing music. What do you listen to? Um.
0: Oh man, a lot of stuff like my stuff. I mean, I love Tame Impala, Tory um Generationals are great, but then I also really like old country music. Um, like Ernest Tubb is incredible. Uh, Eddie Arnold. I just actually picked up. I, I have a CD player in my truck, and I also have an OX cord, but. It's, I mean, it's a 1997 F350. Yeah. So it's like an older truck and I'm like, well, my phone dies. I've only got one port. So like, I need to listen to something. I don't have a tape player anymore. So I got a CD of his that has like literally 85 songs of his on it. And yes. I don't even have 85 songs of my name right now. So uh, yeah, I probably made it 5% through that, but it's that pretty-
1: that's Eddie Arnold. That- Eddie Arnold. Yeah. yeah. yeah maybe um, um
0: sorry i interrupted i was just gonna say cattle call you guys were trying to listen to cattle call by eddie arnold after this you will not regret it or you might that's okay <laughs> well,
1: it's gonna happen well
2: i was i was gonna say maybe i don't know if you have one but like if you have a a, a playlist that you like a spotify playlist that'd be rad to share with people too just because i'm always fascinated by um you know i go to your channel or i go to like i follow you on Spotify. And I'll listen to a song and then I'll listen to that song's radio more out of just interest to hear what aggregates, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm always fascinated by how that comes up, but I've also, I'd also be really curious to actually hear what, what you're listening to as well. Cause that's, I think that has so much impact
0: on how we, what we make. You Definitely. Know? Yeah. If you scroll, if you go to my Spotify page and you scroll down to the very bottom, mm-hmm. you'll see two uh, artist playlists. Okay. And one of them has three Doug furs on it, like emojis. Uh I say they're Doug furs just because I'm a (laughs) PW. What's y'all's native pine tree? Are you both y'all are in Colorado?
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It is it a Douglas fir here? What is it? I don't even know. CJ, that's a good question. Now I feel stupid. We've got furs. We
1: got Douglas furs. We got some lodgepole pine. I think. Mm. Oh yeah, the.
2: The flat irons are lodgepole, aren't they? I They're think like they are, but massive, tall, beautiful, straight trees. Mm. So anyway, you've got two playlists at the bottom. Well, one one has Douglas firs on them, huh? That's and the then budget. that's
0: that's like pop poppy, kind of like just fun summer music. And then the other one is two cactuses, cacti, mm-hmm. and I think there's a sun in there. And that's more like I went on like a moto trip last year last summer with a good buddy of mine and we um we went out to the desert and just it was like our first summer experience and we made a playlist out of all like the deserty stuff that we'd listened to so it's it, that's where it sort of was born but it's it now has like over 100 maybe 200 songs but that's country and just kind of like westerny maybe some surfy stuff in there too um I just think of like Western America when I like Southwestern America when I listen to that playlist. Awesome. Uh, it's a good one too. It's got some Curtis cool. tub and Eddie Arnold in it too.
1: Yeah. perfect. And we do have Douglas fir here. Um, we also awesome. have uh bristle cone pine mm. and the Lodgepole, <laughs> among
2: pole. Sweet man. Well, yeah. I, I d- thank you so much for taking the time today. I just, Hi, um, I, I think we wanted to bring somebody on who um, can speak to sort of the freedom that we try to promote uh, to our audience, which is, and, and, and also, I think Chris brought up a really good point, like living without fear. Um, It's a really hard thing to do right now. And, Mm -hmm. and I think you're a really beautiful example of what that looks like when you choose, when you choose that path. So I appreciate, I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Uh, And I really appreciate the music you make. um, And I really appreciate the time you've given us today. Thank you so much for it. Thank you
0: guys. This has been great. It's nice to have some company. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for having us in your, in your (laughs) tiny house and hanging with Sadie. She's mm-hmm. still back there. Yeah, see? Oh, she's taking a snooze. She's like Corey after this podcast. Exactly. <laughs>
2: Meditating. <laughs> awesome.
1: Thanks so much, Griff. Hey, thank uh, you guys. Yeah. appreciate it. And everyone go check out gothbabemusic.com. See where the, where the shows will be this summer, hopefully. Uh, and join the Spotify uh, playlist. Yeah, follow, we follow, follow, follow Spotify. Those, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. Thanks again, Griff. Thank you guys. Cool. Thanks for listening to Rome from home with myself and Corey Richards. If you like the show and you want to check it out over on RomeMedia.com, you can see both the video and the audio plus the show notes where anything that was referenced in this episode, Google search, book, movie will be listed. And if you really like us and you want to leave a review on iTunes or Spotify or any of the places that you listen to podcasts, we would appreciate it. Join us next week when we're going to talk to more icons and experts prominent figures from the world of adventure here on Rome from home.